Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining us. This is Dunk You Very Much, October 1st, 2017. Your host, Sam Yarbs, with my co-host, Von Ryan. The most underrated owner in NBA is Vivek Rinadive. Ooh, we're going to get into the Kings right now. I Coming up later. I strongly disagree. Uh, no, I love it. Uh, thank you guys so much for joining us. Uh, we're about to do part three of our Western Conference Over-Unders. If you missed part one and two, first of all, we encourage you to go back and listen to those and, or enjoy our Eastern Conference previews, which were right before that. Um, uh, but basically, what we're doing right now is Matt and I are going to run through the entire Western Conference. We're looking at their 2017-2018 Over-Unders. Seven teams left. And uh, the rules for our game is that for Matt and I, uh, we for every over under, you must choose. You must choose whether you like Can't teams sit over on the under. There's no, Can't there's, sit it out. there's no, no sitting passing. out. There's no stay away. So you got to choose one. It goes on the record. Uh, our little twist, though, that we've added to the game to make it more interesting, uh, we assign a confidence level to each pick. That can be one, which means not very confident, all the way to three, which means very, very confident. So basically, for each over-under you do, you can wager one to three points. Right. If you really like that over, you put three on it, and if you win, you get three points. Uh, if you think the under, but you're not quite sure, maybe the guy comes back, he's going to help you have a good year, you say under by one, and you're only wagering one point. At the end of the year, we tally not just the total number of over-unders, but the... Uh, but the points assigned, the, the confidence rating scale. And that determines our winner. The loser this year has to drink a whole bunch of famous grass whiskey in a short amount of time. Go back and, and check out. And buy the bottle. And buy the bottle for themselves. To themselves. It's just horrible. It's horrible. Speaking of famous grass, uh, if you'd like to try it for yourself, send us a picture to our, our Twitter, uh, Dunk You Very Much Pod at, on Twitter, or our Facebook, Dunk You Very Much Pod, or our Gmail, Dunk You Very Much Pod at gmail.com. Uh, that's Dunk You Very Much pod one word at gmail.com send us a picture of you listening to our trivia pod and drinking along with it and we will mail you a bottle of famous grouse yeah we'll have a taiwanese label all the chinese writing yeah it'll be from the 7-eleven yeah it's gonna be great it's gonna be great times uh so anyway uh we we've done the first two-thirds of the western conference we have seven teams left had some big swings big swings big oh, western conference obviously I mean, if you're listening to this pod, you're an NBA head, you're a junkie, you, get, you know that the Western Conference is by far the more exciting conference. So we have, uh, we've got seven more teams. We're going to break down their over-unders right now for you guys, starting with a team that I think is very, very interesting this year. We're going to start uh, this part three with the New Orleans Pelicans. The Pellies. The Pels. The Pellies, whatever you like them. Last year, they won 34 games. That's not a lot of games. Not 34 of games. games. ESPN projects that they are capable of winning 44 games this year. ESPN likey, likey, likey. You mean in 2017, 18, and 2018, 19 combined? Or no, just the, this the ESPN year? just says just this year. But with preseason? Uh, maybe season? By the Summer League? How many games? They, they won Summer League. They won so. Summer League? They, they, they a couple of their... Their over-under is 39 and a half. 39 and a half. Uh, just shy of 500 in the NBA. Uh, 39 and a half wins for the New Orleans Pelicans. Um... We talked about the Clippers being the biggest question mark team. Uh, before we get into their next season, let's talk about their off season. What did they do this year? Yeah, well, they didn't have much to lose, and so fortunately they didn't lose it. They lost Dantes Manayunas. I'm butchering that one. But, uh, Monty. Manayunas? Maybe I'm close. They added the greatest three-point shooter of all time, in my drunken opinion, Tony Allen. <laughs> Tony I, I Allen, once yeah. claimed this guy was a great three-point shooter. Sam and I had a, a friendly back and forth where Sam was, wow, I can't yeah. believe I was wrong. Turns out 
He shot 27% last year. It would, it would be the dumbest thing said on our podcast had I not guaranteed Emmanuel Moody as 2017 Most Improved Player Award. So, uh, yeah, luckily I beat you to the punch on dumbest yeah, thing possible we'll to say. They also uh, added Ian Clark, a, a close-to-minimum contract from the Golden State Warriors, and uh, Rajan Rondo to back up their point guard. The, the big move was they re-signed Drew Holiday. So they didn't really have too much player movement. They just kept their own players. They... <laughs> This team is such a dumpster fire <laughs> that they worked out Martel Webster. He didn't make the team and insta-retired. Re- insta <laughs> like, no, that's it. If I can't join this team, I have no place in the NBA. If I can't it's be a functional wing on this team. He just team. retired from basketball. He's like, no, I'm insta- not even... retired It's wild. It's a wild team. They look at the team and it's like, man, we've got these two big men. What we really lack is spacing and shooting around them. How much money does Ray John Rondo want? Like, I mean, it's just, uh, I mean, kind of inexplicable uh, offseason. At the same time, there's some things that I kind of like about this team. Starting with the talent of their big men, Demarcus Cousins uh, and, and and Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis is a goddamn stud, and and Boogie Cousins is a is a is a fantastic player, an amazing big man. Such a tantalizing talent who has never delivered in the wins department, but uh, uh, but the way Davis, especially the way he started the year coming out the gate, he was just scorching. The All Star Game MVP. We all know how important that All Star Game MVP is for regular season wins and playoff projections. Uh, Anthony Davis uh, absolutely killing it in in New Orleans this year. Uh, uh, I put this team as an over by one. I'm gonna give you the starting. Projected lineup. Oh, please don't. I just said over by one. <laughs> <laughs> Drew Holiday, solid point guard. I like me some Drew, yeah. Probably like 15th to 20th best player. Uh, their starting shooting guard is projected to be Tony Allen, who yeah. uh, they got for very, very cheap. Yeah. They're starting small forward. Solomon Hill is injured for most of the season, if not the whole season. So let's go down so the depth chart down that the takes depth us chart to... Martel Webster. Christ. Who <laughs> retired. Yeah, he was retired. Shit. Uh, apparently they're going to try to play Dante Cunningham at the three, but I mean, this team is so shallow. Do you think uh, uh, Omar Asif could slot in at the small forward in a few minutes at the three? <laughs> Christ. Oh, I'm this, regretting this my over. This team is just is really horrible. I feel so bad for Anthony Davis because you take him off this team and this is just like we're talking nine win team you know you said like you just said take him off this team and everyone in boston's ears just perked up to take like, take him yeah oh yeah well, no we'll take him off picks? your team we'll take him off your team you guys want the next year Lakers pick come on yeah we'll take him off your team for sure um i think tony allen is your starting shooting guard You're, you don't have a small forward on your roster i uh i do not like this team i'm going under i'm giving it confidence level three Bang! That's a big swing, um, and uh, not only a big swing. Uh, that you pretty much just talked me into the, to the under right there. I don't feel great about my pick. I like them over one just because I think in over the long run talent wins out. Anthony Davis, like okay, Anthony Davis, are you one of the best five players in the league? If you are, your team's gonna finish be- better than five hundred. That's why you know. That's are you one of the top five players in the league? So I think you answered your own first question. Okay, yeah, yeah exactly. You're I'm higher on Davis than you are. I know. I think it's. Yeah, you think he's an empty calories guy. Uh, no, no. I, a I, Twinkie I, player. Yeah. I think he's a perfect 76, 76ers player. He's potential. He's oh, all hypothetical? He, yeah. But he put up, he was putting up 50, he was putting up 60 point games. Oh, was, I think I say wins. Oh, yeah, no, 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 no. no. Points, yeah, oh, yeah. None of those, none of those. Yeah, you're right, you're right. I know, I, I get it, he hasn't delivered yet. If he's one of the top five players, I think the team has to be above 500, but um, 
just you know talking to you right now didn't didn't really factor in the potential for trades right there. <laughs> uh, do both can... of these big men finish the this question for you? Then we can do a quick hit right here and move yeah. on to the next team. Do both uh, Davis and Cousins finish the season on the Pelicans? No, I, I think wow. Cousins, I think Cousins most likely to move. I think uh, it's not going to work. They're going to get rid of him. That's going to be amazing. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see them just blow this whole thing up. Blow just the whole but thing up. I think they're I, ready. I don't, they're I don't poised. Think they'll trade Davis. I think it's too early. Maybe next summer. But mm. I don't think Cousins finishes out the season. But you know, if they do, that means it's working, and I'm rooting for them. I have them under three, but I want to see a team go big and challenge. You know, the Warriors like these and uh, just three-point shooting teams. Yeah. I would love to see a team. Yeah, Zach. I'd like to see a team bold, Zach with the current strategy. Bold. Yeah. So I'm rooting for them. But I'm betting against it. Yeah, yeah, yeah I like that. Uh, let's move on to a team that uh, I think we both feel a little bit more excited about. Um, the Oklahoma City Thunder. Jesus, Ooh. your, your, your off-season recap is going to be a torture for you. Last year, they won 47 games. Their ESPN projections are completely worthless because they didn't factor in Paul George or uh, Carmelo Anthony being on the team. They were what really was it, by the way? Too early. I didn't see their okay. – uh, I don't have their projections written down. I believe it might have been after the Paul George trade. Sorry, I might be wrong about that. But definitely didn't get the mellow – uh, factored in. Their over-under is 52 and a half. And yes, that's and half. their current number. That has not moved. That's wild. That has not moved since the addition of Camarlo Anthony. Not to step on your part, talk about their off-season, Matt. Yeah, so most of who they lost and added would be a trade. They lost uh, Taj Gibson. That was actually during free agency. They traded away Enos Cantor and Doug McDermott for Carmelo Anthony. McBuggets. They traded away Victor Oladipo and Domonis Sabonis. The second best Sabonis ever to play in the NBA. <laughs> Very true. For uh, Paul George, so then the, besides those two stars, they also signed Raymond Felton, which doesn't sound very important, but man, their backup point guard situation last year was horrible. Yeah. Samaje Christensen, it, so Ooh, yeah. you, you got a big upgrade. It's just a guy who can you know eat some minutes. Raymond yeah. Felton, he can just can hold off. down the fort for yeah. you know whatever period of time. You know, and then uh, a signing I know you like, they. Uh, they signed Patrick Patterson in free agency. One of my underrated offseason moves, yeah. And they also uh, re-upped Andre Roberson for a very uh, fair contract. So he's a, he'll be a starter, so absolutely, yeah. Got to, got to keep him on the, on the team, yeah. So th- this team won 47 games last year with no Carmelo and no Paul George. You're saying five and a half wins? Is there... Five and a half wins. So six wins to hit that over. You're saying Paul George and Melo are not worth six wins? I'm over by three. I love the Thunder this year. I can't get enough. I understand that as you get closer... You know, it's a, it's a lot like uh, it's a lot like test scores. As you get closer to the highest level, mm-hmm. the wins are marginally more difficult to yeah. acquire. Sure. The difference between going f- getting forty wins and forty five wins is nothing like the difference between fifty and fifty five wins. Like uh, the the leap, the uh, Timberwolves are projected the eighteen wins. Yeah, eighteen wins. But a lot of a lot of those wins are clawing at middle ground. Right. Uh, you know, games that are, are could go either way. To win to win fifty three games in the league, you got to be consistently night in and night out kicking teams' asses. Uh, but I think they're going to do that. I think they're going to kick ass. Paul George. Paul George has been playing on uh, in Indiana, man, and not getting the attention that maybe a player of his caliber really deserves. Especially last year, kind of recovering in the offseason off that broken leg that he suffered in the lead up to the uh, to the uh, to Summer Olympics. Um, going to be an amazing player, and amazingly complimentary to Russell Westbrook's skill set. I think uh, Mello, much as we joke about Olympic Mello, is going to have a chance here to be t- at least team player Mello. I love the over for this team, over three. I see them as a as the number two or three seed in the Western Conference. This is the biggest lock I see on the whole list. I, I can't believe the number is so low. Can't, but it hasn't moved since they got Mello. Yeah, I mean, it's another thing when uh, the Knicks number didn't, 
drop much when they lost Melo, and that I can see because I think Melo on that team was not helping them, and I think you know he yeah. he doesn't hurt them by leaving. But on OKC playing uh, the role I think he's going to play, where you know he's just a scorer. Uh, and he knows his role, and he doesn't need to lead the team. You know, maybe he's mm. the second. He's probably the second option. I would say, um, offensively, uh, yeah. I mean, depending on depending on the crew that he's out there with, because right. staggering these three players' minutes is going to be super important to the it's team. It's going to be crucial because their depth is is really really bad. It was but, rough. I mean, this is what happens when but you it was have rough last year. It was rough last year. It was l- rough last year. They won forty seven games, and this is what happens when you have three really good players. You can't have nine really good players when you have three really good players. Yeah. So. Uh, starting point guard Westbrook, shooting guard Robertson, Paul George, and and Anthony will probably play the three and four, and Stephen Adams at center. The bench you got Patterson, Raymond Felton, and Alex Sabrinas. There's just not and uh, Jeremy Grant as well. Possibly Isaiah Cannon and uh, Kyle Singler stealing a couple minutes, but yeah. uh, it, it just is not too deep. But if they can stagger, like you say, Carmelo's minutes and and uh, Westbrook's minutes, and just mm-hmm. so the. You always have maybe two guys, or you know at least one, but yeah. you know, hopefully two at all times. Or let Melo at this stage in his career let him feast on second units. Just yeah. let the, you know go Melo heavy with those units, or let or maybe some nights it's Paul George's turn to go nuts in those second units. You know, Westbrook's obviously a guy who's uh, you know chafed as being the first guy pulled off the court when we was asked to stagger minutes with Kevin Durant. See if that uh, if that experience has kind of matured him. I don't see I see him still being the the lead alpha on this team, but it's interesting. They've added two players, despite being alpha personalities, or at least alpha in terms of their, and again, not to totally overuse their word, uh, in terms of their dominance and, and possession and, and, and you know, usage rate on their old teams. In terms of personality, I have at, at times acquiesced to, the, to secondary roles, you know? Yeah. Olympic mellow basically means mellow not being the best player on his team. Right, like that's Olympic mellow, which is the best role for him. Yeah, you know the, the, the real like you you made the best point. We're talking about Olympic mellow really means playing against Latvian players, but uh, you know they play against you know six foot six starting centers. But uh, but 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 basically, what what people what the coded speech of Olympic mellow is mellow accepting not being the best player on his team, right? And him being a bit more effective in a secondary role, right? And he's shown that he's willing to do that. And Paul George certainly has not uh, never seemed to be. You know, outside of chastising CJ Miles for taking a game-winning shot, never really demanded to be the man in Indianapolis. No, so he yeah, obviously I, I, don't, I don't think he wants to be the man. I think he was just the best player. So yeah. the best player on the team is the de facto man. Yeah. I, I think Paul George is happy to be, to be the third wheel here and yeah. know, dodge questions about his contract situation and his plans for next year. Yeah, he just slip under the radar. Whatever, you know, <laughs> let Melo, Melo in his hoodie and Westbrook in his pants take all the all the questions after the game and playing his vacation house in L.A. As far as I'm concerned, it seems like it's a done deal. It's widely agreed around. Obviously, you know, thank you very much. we got no inside info on this, but it seems like it's a done deal. So, so, so Sam, i got a question for you. Mm-hmm. Rank, in order from one to three, who takes the most field goal attempts? Westbrook, Paul George, or Carmelo Anthony? Uh, Westbrook by... F- no, or, and. Sorry, and. Rank those three. Players. One, two, three, yeah, yeah. So Westbrook number one. Um... Am I doing this for you? Westbrook, number one. So he's, so he's going to take the most field goal attempts. Yeah, I think so by far, yeah. I think uh, not by far maybe strong. But so it's between George and Anthony then for number two. Mm. Depends. Is George that primary, is, is, is George or Melo that primary guy in the secondary offense? It seems like it makes more sense for, for Melo to be that guy. I'll go Westbrook, uh, Anthony, George. What do you think? I think Anthony, George, Westbrook. Wow. I, 
I think Westbrook is a... Oh, he, I like this. He's part of your uh, assist leader theory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, yeah Drop I, it on us, yeah. I, I think Westbrook is... He wanted to prove something last year. I, th- I think he's a weird dude, or he's a non-conventional dude, and we, we can't use, like, normal metrics and, like, normal opinions on... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to figure this guy out. You know, he signed his contact contract extension that's been waiting for a month on Kevin Durant's birthday. Cupcakes! Like, that. that's not a coincidence. This guy is... You know, he wears the official photographer T-shirt, the first uh, first game playing Kevin Durant. Like, he's a methodical dude. And I think last year he wanted to win the MVP and show that he is better than Durant. I think this is really important for him. And I think he did it. And I think now he wants to win, and he wants to attract players to come help him win. Because he worked his fucking ass off last year. Yeah. He couldn't have been better. That team probably should have won 41 games, even with him yeah. trying that hard. They shouldn't have won that many games. They won a lot of fourth quarter games, and it was all on his back. I think he doesn't want to do that anymore. I think he's happy to have two uh, two great players, and also he wants to make them look good. I think this is another. I think it's a whole deeper thing with Kevin Durant. I think he I wants, like that. I think he wants the wins, but I think he wants to show like, oh, I'm a I'm a great teammate. Look how good George I, looks next to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah very Kevin Durant, like, yeah, he, he benefited from me. Like, I can make any player look better next to me. Yeah, I think. He's gonna really go for the assist, maybe even like the, the assist record. But I think he's gonna, he's gonna not take those horrible like pull up threes that he shot thirty five percent on or whatever, mm-hmm. like just like the horrible early shot clock threes. Yeah. I think he's gonna pass those. So his field goal attempts, I expect to go down like three or four a game. So interesting. That's a, I like that take. I like the, I like the angle that you took on that, and uh, and that that could be very interesting. I still think. That just in during games, instincts takes over. He loves those pull up jumpers. I think that uh, I, I still think he finishes the highest shot attempts. But that's interesting. Maybe that could be a little side wager. Could be. Yeah. yeah like we'll think about we'll think about doing that one. Um, let's let's keep uh, let's keep going on that. Are you good on the Thunder? Yeah, yeah. Very fun team to watch this year. Very very exciting. Uh, uh, going the other direction, not fun to watch. Yeah, not fun to watch. Uh, a team that I actually they're so unfun to watch. I left them off my list. I don't even have them. I'm just gonna off the top of my head do this team. We are doing the uh, the Phoenix Suns. How many games they win last year? Who gives a fuck? ESPN projects them to win. I don't give a fuck games. And what's their over-under, Matt? Their over-under is 29. I think that's an improvement from last year. I'll have it right here. But, uh, yeah, over-under 29. Yeah. They they didn't lose anyone. You know, they're a young team. They only lost uh, Barbosa, who was an uh, unsigned free agent. They added the big uh, draft pick, John Anthony Jackson. Bennett, yes. Apparently, they signed Anthony Bennett. I don't know if that contract is guaranteed or not. I stepped on your Josh Jackson, their number one pick, yeah. And uh, they, they gave a big extension to T.J. Warren. They like they liked them some Warren. They liked them some uh, some T.J. I'm Warren. I'm surprised. I don't. You know, I'm not a, a huge uh, Suns uh, expert, but I didn't see a lot from T.J. Warren. And yeah. When you're giving that kind of money out, I think it was was it four for forty five or something like this. When yeah. you're giving that money, I think I'm wrong with that number. Do you know what it is? I do not know what the, the T.J. Warren extension uh, was off the top of my head. But when you're giving that money in September, I think you're just you're running your team wrong. Like you, ha- you have all this leverage. You need to use it. He's a young guy. He was not a, a super hype guy. Like you're not going to hurt his feelings by paying him lower. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I guess onto a multi-league extension. Yeah, I'm not, I'm just honestly like. You know, reading about or watching uh, Phoenix for a while, like, you know, P.J. Tucker, T.J. Warren. There's too many guys with initials as their first names for me to yeah. really give a shit about this team. He's, uh, yeah. Uh, he P.J. can't shoot. Yeah, he can't shoot. Just uh, do they have a reason to be good? Do they have a reason to try to win this year? I like uh, the, the the Phoenix Suns under by two. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm going under by one. 
I think 29 is a low number, but I definitely like the under. So, uh, yeah, they're just just a young team. They're just going to play their young dudes and, uh, yeah. you know, try they're, to improve. But Their young, exciting rookie can't shoot. Um, you know, their, their, their star player who dropped 70 in a loss to the Celtics can shoot. And uh, we'll see if he can do a whole lot else out there. Brandon Knight, for some reason, is still on the team. Um, uh, Jared Dudley is trying desperately to provide veteran leadership. Marquise Chris in preseason looked uh, looked fatter than Santa Claus, um, and they signed in terms of out of shape, overweight rookies. Uh, Anthony Bennett bringing the bringing that title home. So I mean, just a team that just excites me not a lot uh, in a division that seems really really good. They seem well poised to lose lots and lots of games, and uh, this is a team that could use a big man. Oh. Top five players in next year's NBA draft happen to be largely composed of big men. I think they'd like a nice pick. Yeah, they uh, just gave Alex Lynn the qualifying offer, so next year will be unrestricted. So they obviously don't think he's the center of the future. I think uh, they really wanted to trade Bledsoe, and I think once, uh, hopefully it doesn't happen, but it's inevitable that there's going to be a point guard getting injured or yeah. he's another point guard. I think he's on the move this year. I don't think there's any way he finishes the I think, season. Yeah, I think he's the guy. It does not make sense in terms of the, 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 the age makeup for the rest of their roster. He's not on the same trajectory in terms of his development path. I definitely see him being the guy you would look to move. He was a, a big name early on in the Kyrie sweepstakes. Yeah. And uh, I see that uh, definitely as a player that could be moved. Is that enough on the Phoenix Suns? Yeah, absolutely. I yeah. feel good on them. Let's, Let's get to the on. most exciting team in the NBA. The team uh, I've got my league pass already set for all their all their home games. The Portland Trailblazers last Oof. year won forty one games. Matt's hometown boys. ESPN projects these guys have the talent to win forty four games. Look at them. That's a huge increase. That's huge. Their over under is forty two and a half. Matt, this is your team. Take the floor. All right, I'm gonna give you their roster <clears throat> changes and then I'm gonna pose a question for you. So they lost Alan Crab. I should say they paid to uh, to, to get rid of to him. Please take him off there. Yeah. Azili, they did not offer uh, his. Uh, they didn't take his uh, team option. And his then Tim Quarterman. His hand locker room speeches were missed. Tim Quarterman traded for cash consideration. Cash consideration. Their uh, their big draft. Uh, they traded fifteenth uh, and twentieth pick to move up to number ten and draft Zach Collins. Uh, Caleb Swanigan, second round looks pretty good, but basically it's the same team. Two young guys. They're gonna try to build around Zach Collins and Caleb Swanigan. But that won't affect their win totals <laughs> this year. Sorry. You can't just slip a line like they're going to try to build around Zach Collins and Caleb Swanigan into a podcast with that. If you trade the 15th and the 20th pick to draft a guy 10th in a loaded draft, I think you think he's uh, he's the guy. He's the man. Yeah. Zach Collins is now the man in Portland. Behind. Could be. So, last year they won 41, which was good enough for the 8th seed. Yeah. They projected to win 44. My question to you, Sam, is 44 enough to make the playoffs in the Western Conference? I think it will be. I think again. I think the consolidation. I think that the um, the I think the the two. I think there's gonna be a bitter fight in the two through four spot in the Western Conference. I think Golden State will comfortably get that number one. I think Houston, the Thunder, and the Spurs are gonna be fighting for the two through four spot. Mm-hmm. So I think they're gonna be picking up a lot of wins against other teams in the Western Conference. I think the five through eight we're gonna see decrease a little bit. I like me some Denver in that five spot. Uh, and and the other spots are a little bit up for grabs. So I think that would they win forty four, I think that would be good enough for the playoffs. I actually see the Blazers as a playoff team this year. I know you're trolling me by that. I'll take it. <laughs> but, okay, so a couple of other teams are predicted to also uh, finish around the 40 wins in yep. the Western Conference. you got the T-Wolves, the Nugs, the, the Blazers, the Clippers. Jazz are 41. Uh, Pelicans are knocking on the door at 39 and a half. 
And am I missing anyone? No, I am not. So there's there's a uh, there's five teams right there, all in the forties. Yeah. It, it seems like uh, it seems like you're you're probably right. Like the the number is not yeah. going to be that high. Even I like though, the I like the Nuggets at the five. I like I like the Clippers somewhere in that mix. Uh, I, I don't I'm 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 down with, not to step on it later, but the Jazz I'm a little bit down on, and uh, I, I like the Blazers probably repeating as eighth seed. Yeah, I think there was a narrative when these uh these projections first came out that the Western Conference 44 is not going to be enough. Like, I heard that a lot on, yeah. uh, on Portland uh, podcast. But uh, I think with the consolidation of power, as you've phrased it, mm-hmm. where the Oklahoma City Thunder and Houston Rockets have gotten so much better, mm-hmm. they've moved themselves out of, like, you know, last year the the, the uh, Thunder, they were the sixth seed. So now they're yeah. out of that category. Plus, they're going to beat up on those weaker teams. Exactly, yeah. Beating up on each other. It's more of a bully mentality. So... I do think you're right. I think uh, if they can get to 44, they're in. Uh, I'm going over three. <laughs> Probably no surprise. But, nice. Uh, I went. Uh, I went over two. I don't oh, have a good. Two. I don't have a great sense of this team. And uh, in the end, like uh, as much as I enjoy our rivalry between our teams and, and going down the line, uh, Lillard and McCollum are are really fun team to root for, especially with Nurkic and the stories of him like, trolling and just, like, stealing girls from guys in nightclubs and things like that. It's absolutely hilarious. I love everything about that. His, uh, dad, his dad works as a bouncer in Portland. My, 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 rule, my rule when I was in doubt, in the, especially in the Western Conference, was just, I'm just going to root for things that are fun. And the Blazers winning and being a playoff team is way more fun than the, you know, even jazz. the Pelicans or the Jazz, like, grinding their way to a brutally unwatchable winning season. Um, <laughs> you know, so I like me some Blazers. The, the backcourt is super Super fun. Lillard is a gamer. Everyone loves him there. He can't talk enough about him. Okay, so let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it, boys. I, th- I like them at like 43, 44 wins exactly. I went over by two. Cool. I got over three. Our next team, should we dive into them? The Sacramento Kings, or uh, Sacramento Kings, uh, last year won 32 games. I do not have their ESPN projections. Those were all over the map because they have a lot of rookies on their team and a huge offseason flux. 32 games last year. Their over-under right now is... 27 and a half. That's a little surprising that they, they won 32 last year. They're predicted to win four and a half games less. Yeah. I'll tell you why that surprises me. They lost a follow, Collison, Tyreek Evanson, and Rudy Gay. There's also Ty Lawson, Ben McLemore, and Anthony Tolliver. So they did lose about Every seven. Every win <laughs> yeah. they had, yeah. That's actually a lot of loss. Not great talent there, but uh, you know a lot of rotational players. Mm-hmm. They... Uh, they added uh, Bodan Bogdanovich. They signed, really surprising to me, Vince Carter. I, I don't know what is he doing there. Another surprising signing was, uh, was Zach Randolph. Another, yeah. I, I was really surprised that he went to the Zach Kings. Zach just love it. Yeah, yeah a big uh, talent acquisition was signing George Hill, who uh, you know a lot of people thought he was going to be getting around four years, $80 million. Mm-hmm. Like that range, he ended up picking a shorter contract with the Kings. They drafted... De'Aaron Fox, who's probably going to get the starting point guard role from day one. Imagine, yeah, this team's definitely got the incentive to roll them out there, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, drafted a couple other guys that have some potential. Um, but, so they did, so they lost a lot of veterans, added a couple of veterans. I don't really see why this team is worse. You know, looking at the, the players they lost, Ben McLemore, Ty Lawson, Rudy Gay, Tyreek Evans, Darren Collison, 
Any of those players stand out? I think they're worse because the first half of the year they had Boogie Cousins. They had they had Boogie for the first that's, half. Of the that's year. a good point. And right. that guy drags them to a, a few more wins. And uh, and as opposed to this half of the year, they have a rookie point guard the first half of the year. Uh, I am uh, 27 and a half. I'm under by two for the Kings. Mm. Um, I do not like their draft. Uh, we talked about this in our in our draft reaction pod. Um, the Justin Jackson, Harry uh, Giles move to me was the example of why you don't split the baby. You take the the low upside, high floor player from North Carolina who stretch will be an excellent G League shooting guard for the entirety of his career. And you take the high upside horrifying injury risk Giles later in the draft. Uh, you know, like in the best case scenario, one player is a serviceable wing and the other player actually has some talent. But in the seemingly more likely relevant scenario, both of them are, cannot stand an NBA roster. Uh, I, I, I really didn't like their draft. I, I don't understand the, the buddy the buddy healed thing, though. Um, you know, we'll see with a full season under his belt. He was good after the All-Star break, though. How much of that is the benefit of him getting such a high percentage of the touches? Zach Randolph, I mean... You, you you pick up Zach Randolph to put him in front of Lebissier, like the, the the guy you drafted before. What are you doing with your front court? Like what what's the goal there? You've got Collie Steen still starting with Costa Kufis behind him. Like these are both kind of serviceable players. You got George Hill, a guy you picked up to just to put behind or slash in front of your rookie. The, the the roster construction doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. I don't like it. I don't. I, I think they're rookies. I think Darren Fox down the line could be an interesting player, but in in the season I, I like them winning. Not many games. One asset we forgot to mention is they have the greatest owner in NBA. Oh, that's right. Your the favorite owner. That's right. Yeah, please. I, I, Tell us why. I'll say my favorite and the most underrated. I, I, okay. I, I think he gets hated on way too much. Uh, he made a huge... Uh, his uh, quotes made huge rounds around the internet a couple of years ago. People still talk about it and laugh about it. How he proposed the idea of cherry picking in a D-League game. He proposed <laughs> the idea of cherry picking. All I hear is this guy's thinking outside the box. Is this idea bad? Yeah, it's bad. Why? Why is it bad? Let's learn why is it bad. Maybe there's something else to learn by figuring out why this is a bad idea. Thinking outside of the box can give you advantages down the road. Playing everyone else's game in a smaller market. Five on, like, like five on five? That's what everyone's playing. <laughs> we're going one on five. Darren. <laughs> My point is, this guy, you know, he was also mentioned in one of the Gladwell books as uh, he won his uh, his daughter's high school team. He was the coach and they won the, the state championship. I think it was the, middle school, but yeah. Uh, middle yeah, school. Yeah. And it's full court press, which actually, knowing it's middle school, that sounds weird. I thought it was high school. <laughs> middle school is just kind of cruel. But the point is, like, there are things to exploit that people don't exploit. And we don't know they're exploitable until someone discovers it. Yeah. And then we think that person's a genius. And when we, when we laugh at someone or criticize them the way that he's been laughed at, they just go into the shell the way he's gone into a shell. When's the last time you heard him talk or say something crazy? I, I, miss, I miss his crazy ideas. I miss, that's fair. I miss him thinking outside the box. That's how you, that's how you create uh, that's fair. Like a, a money ball system. You know, everyone laughs at you know, Philippines money ball system. Now everyone does it. I yeah. think, uh, I, I think, uh, I miss, I miss the old, uh, Rene Dive. I hope he comes back and, you know, next time he pitches us, uh, like, you know, doing a granny shots or, or whatever, like doing trick plays. I hope, uh, I hope people hear him out a little bit more. Cause I think that's just a, a guy who's, uh, thinking us at the box and trying to get, get wins for the team, you know? Definitely. Um, 
I, I do agree with one thing. Uh, I think that we have this this tendency in sports in general to wish people would act a certain way, and then as soon as they act that way, shit all over them. Yeah. We always wish athletes would speak their minds and not be boring, and as soon as they do, we pick apart every word they the say. The earth is flat. Oh every we, well, we, that, that we, we, we tear it. Well, that's pretty dumb. But we tear it to pieces. We tear them apart for being honest. If they show emotion, we you know we criticize them. We rake them over the coals. Uh, we do this all the time in sports where we wish guys would be less robotic, and we punish them for being that way. So I agree with you on that. Uh, Vivek had. Outside the box ideas, everyone shout on him, and now he's you know he, they used to allow cameras all the time. We got these great things, Stauskas, <laughs> Stauskas, you know these, these quotes and things like that, and they were fantastic. We love Nick or Nick Rocks. Yeah, yeah, Nick Rocks. One, two, three, everyone say Nick Rocks. Nick Rocks. And he's like, he's another line. Oh, thanks. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I'm just chilling here now in Michigan. Uh, and it, I, I absolutely agree with that. Um, I don't know about I don't know about I, I still don't know if Vivek's the second coming of Moneyball. First of all, Moneyball is probably the most overrated thing. Like Billy Bean, the the reason that Oakland A's made the playoffs that season wasn't because they fucking signed Scott Hatterberg. They had Barry Zito, Mark Mulder, and Tim Hudson on that team and the, as their starting pitchers. They had the three amazing starting pitchers. The the movie gl- kindly glossed over the fact that they had three starting pitchers who went on to become some of the most paid pitchers in the history of baseball. Uh, those guys were killing it that year. Uh, second of all, uh, the Oakland A's have how many championship trophies from Billy Bean's era? Tick, tick, tick. Yeah. Okay, so uh, it, but enough about Moneyball. But, uh, I don't know about the Vivek thing, but I agree with you on the point that uh, we, we overreacted to him being outspoken, and it's unfortunate for the league in general. I have an honest question. Uh, not trying to shit on this person or my whole point, but can you make any case on how the Earth could possibly be flat? Like, is there... No. Like, is there... Have you heard something? Like, have you heard someone say something that kind of like, oh, well, yeah, that makes sense, but... Like, I haven't heard a single thing. Like, Kyrie flies around the world. Like, doesn't he look... I think so Kyrie. Like, I think hasn't it come out that he is not really who's kind of trolling, or is he, but, does he believe in it? I don't know. Some don't, people believe in it. Some people super believe in it. I mean, there are YouTube videos that you can watch because, the, I mean, I mean, this is a larger point. But the problem with YouTube is that if you watch a video that's made and edited by people and they speak clearly and use large words, you can make very convincing arguments about anything. That's the power of speech. It's called the Donder effect. The Don. Okay, excellent. No, just kidding. I just made it up. But it sounded yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, it sounded good. It sounded good. I was like, oh, wow, wow. That, you, you clearly Wikipedia something. Cool. Uh, no, uh, it, but like, yeah. No, I've seen videos that by the end of those videos, but then it's like, let's just think, okay, if the earth is flat, why is it ever nighttime? <laughs> why is it ever night? If the sun is a, a, another flat thing above us, why is it ever night? Like, you know, it doesn't make any sense. If the earth is flat, we should all get light all the time, right? right. So, yeah. so anyway, like, no, let's not get into the flat earth thing. We've, we've already subjected people to two parts of this. Uh, let's bring it home. We have, uh, we got two more teams to discuss in the Western Conference. Let's do it. Our next, next team, team is the San Antonio Spurs. Man, this is another big one, one of those top four teams we talked about. Last year, they won 61 games. Holy shit, that's a lot of games. The only that other team in the NBA to win more than 60 games. Um, they are projected to have a, the roster to win 53 games. ESPN wow. does not like that. And the over-under is not that kind either. 54 and a half for the San Antonio Spurs. Yeah, that's a huge drop. We're talking, I mean... So you said last year they won 61. 61 so, then the so, fi- so 54 would be a seven-game seven drop. Yeah, yeah. Bang, yeah. Uh, so yeah, six-and-a-half game difference. I, I don't really see that. I mean, I'm not excited about this team. Like, I don't think there's anything to be excited about. I'll uh, tell you why. Their off-season moves were doing jack shit. They lost Joel 
They lost Joel Anthony, Dwayne Dedman, David Lee, and Jonathan Simmons. So Simmons and Dedman, I think, are, those are significant big losses. That's significant losses. That's I their front court. I think that's big, yeah. They signed Ru- an injured Rudy Gay, which is really yeah. weird. Two-year contract, but he's going to miss the first half of uh, this year. I think the second second year is a player option. That's a really weird contract. Yeah. Very unspurs-like. And then they just re-signed their dudes. They re-signed Patty Mills, Ginobili, and Gasol. So the only addition is that an injured Rudy Gay. They lost two front court players. Yeah. But you know, it's the Spurs, and you're saying they're gonna the Spurs are gonna take a step back, six and a half games, seven games. I don't I don't see it. I'm uh I'm going over and I'm going over three. Bang! If you can oh. get Spurs at a low number, you pound that number. You take that number. I mean, That's they still have a, probably the third best player in the NBA. Yeah. In right. terms of, like, both ends of the court, I mean, for me, it's Durant, LeBron, uh, Kawhi. Uh, I still went under by one. I don't understand mm. where the front court, like, was certain, like, we were talking about, like, these guys, the, the running it back thing for, I feel like, ten years. And to be fair, they've proven us wrong every year, and, we, and we've been wrong. They're a great regular season team. The infrastructure is there. I might really, really regret this pick. Um... I see them in the. I see them in the. In the. I think like fifty four sounds right. Exact back right. So I. I went under by one. Hmm. Uh, I really think Simmons and Deadman is gonna hurt their front court depth. Um, that doesn't doesn't seem like they really addressed that. I don't understand how an injured Rudy Gay is gonna factor in. Um, does Kawhi have another leap in him? Could, he had another could. level twenty six. Can Lamarcus bounce back after uh, you know uh, after a, uh, the problem is when you, you there's certain times when players have rough years. There's certain times when it seems like the league has just moved past certain players, and that's when you worry about it. Whether has, you know has the league kind of moved past Lamarcus? I don't think so. I think I mean his skill set where he's just a, a knockdown jump shooter, yeah. and he's he's big and kind of rangy on defense. Not a, a rim protector, but he's got long arms. Anyway, clogging passing lanes, taking yeah, space, yeah. I think it's just an attitude thing with him. Like, mm-hmm. when Kawhi got injured and and uh, uh, Pop challenged him publicly, he came out and scored, like, 12 points the next game, you know? Like, he should yeah. have had 40 points on however many shots. Like, maybe it's 50 shots, but yeah. like, you need to score 40 the next game. You are the dude. Like, yeah. you need to score. And I think, uh, you know, them trying to trade him, him not being happy there, uh, it's a lot of question marks. And just to yeah. hit on your front court thing, I'll pitch it back to you. Uh, their starting power forward is Aldridge. Their center is Pau Gasol, who is, uh, you know, often injured. is really kind of getting old. Their backup power forward is Beat, uh, Bert, Bertans? Davis, Davis Bertans. Bertans. And then uh, Joffrey Levine. And that's it. Like, that's, that's their it. four dudes. And, I mean, uh, that is it, it, it. There's no other, you know, there's nothing else. Matt Costello, like, uh, you know, like, yeah, did not know who this Davis Bertans is. He's a 24-year-old from Latvia, yeah, Davis he, Bertans. Yeah, he played last year, but just just sparingly. I mean, and, and now he, he could get a lot of minutes. Uh, he might be, he, he's going to have to, I mean, behind those two guys. I mean, um, maybe Kawhi plays more uh, small ball four. Maybe Rudy Gay, when he comes back, is, is destined to be a small ball four that team i mean someone's gonna take those minutes at the four kyle anderson could he play small ball four um they're gonna go small a lot imagine their backcourt tony parker patty mills and, uh, and DeJounte murray, murray yeah, three I think they're expecting very him. serviceable point yeah, guards three very very good danny green and manu at the shooting guard i mean the backcourt that's five very very capable backcourt players um and then and then Kawhi obviously on the wing so uh, it's um yeah uh, just a weirdly imbalanced roster kind of anti-traditional spurs in terms of the lack of front court depth you know they don't have that 
the slow plotting Matt Bonner white guy knocking down threes. You know the yeah. the ball moving front court players that have traditionally kind of marked the passing Spurs system. Because Tony Parker is an interesting point guard in that he gets down the court and uh, and in, though he attacks up the dribble, it seems like his first move into the front court is always a pass to one of the big men. Yeah. And then he runs off screens and if he gets the ball back, then he attacks off the dribble. He's not a, just a downhill point guard from the start. And at an advanced age. Yeah, yeah. only getting older, so. Yeah, 54 and a half does seem low for the Spurs. You're right, the infrastructure, you know, it, it, when in doubt, you should wait for the Spurs to prove you wrong before you try to jump ahead of them. But I'm doing a tentative under one. Over three. Again, the Western Conference is giving us huge, huge swings, man. Super, super fun. Uh, that's fantastic to have this much disagreement. All right, let's close it out with the last team uh, for the entire NBA Over Under podcast. Let's bring it up. Get our energy back for the last team we have right here is the Utah Jazz. Shit, there goes my energy. It's gone. No, uh, the Utah Jazz last year won 51 games. They are projected to be able to win 44 games in a stacked Western Conference, and their over-under is just 41. Yeah, their, their big predicted decline is because they lost, uh, of course, Gordon Hayward and George Hill, two of their starters. They also lost uh, Boris Dia, a veteran presence. Trey Lyles, they traded him to Denver uh, for a pick. And they added, they, they, they did actually have a couple of decent additions. Uh, Jonas Drebko, or Jonas Drebko, uh, from Boston, who's a, a dude I like, man. That, that guy is, uh, he's got some balls, man. In the playoffs, barking at the Cavaliers. I, I loved it, dude. He, That's a joke. He was a sweet shooter, yeah, definitely. You know, brought the energy as the, as the 12th man. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know how much he can contribute, but I like his swag. Uh, Donovan Mitchell played great. Yeah, Louisville. awesome, awesome looking that's, guy. In the, I mean, in that's the that's their future. We'll get into their roster in a second, but I think I think Donovan Mitchell is yeah is their young dude. Uh, Ricky Rubio uh, traded for him. They also signed Cephalosha, uh, and then <laughs> overpaid Joe Ingles to Re-up? resign because yeah, uh, that, that apparently Aussie he's a, overpaid. Apparently he's a close friend with Gordon Hayward. That that never works. That rarely that seems to works. work out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ask Chandler Parsons how the close things. They also have a rookie named Naz Long, who I'm pretty sure this site is just trolling us. I don't think there's an NBA player named Naz Long. I think that's he like, was undrafted. I guess he's on the. I think that's a high school squad. photo of Pharrell, and then this using that to be a stand-in for Naz Long. It's not a good, um, not a flattering photo of Naz Long. It's not a. Uh, uh, we but talked shout about out this, to Naz Long. We talked about this earlier in this, and I think we touched on this in our in our in our Boston Celtics preview as well. I'm very very down on the Jazz in terms of the Eastern Conf- the Western Conference teams who made the playoffs last year that I see potentially dropping out of the playoff race. I could see the Jazz. Being that team, uh, I think they're going to be very, very good defensively, um, but I think that offensively they're really, really going to struggle. Um, Rodney Hood is a big, big X factor, which is not something you want to say about a Western Conference playoff team. Uh, Dante Exum is a, is a big question mark, which is also something you don't want to say about a Western Conference playoff team. Um, I have them under, but I'm only going under confidence level of one because 41 wins is just 500, and that seems very low for a team that has been a winner. Yeah, I have them under. I have them under by two. I think one of the teams that we mentioned, uh, of those five teams I mentioned before, they're projected to win around 40-something wins. I think they're the team that can probably most likely take the biggest step back. Could be the Clippers, too. Uh, Sam, i got a question for you. If you are the Utah Jazz, if you are a fan or GM, I don't know how you will look at this, which player are you saying, like, this is our dude? This is the guy. This is your man. Because I I think Gobert, he's solid, but... You know, a defensive-minded center can't 
win you games. He can't take a last shot. He's, yeah. He's just, he's a good, a great role player. Well, what do you mean by the man? The so, guy who's going to take over the game and change the outcome of the game? No. Or the guy whose jersey I'm buying when I go to the store? Like, you know, like. Yeah, or who in five years is going to take you to the uh, Western Conference Finals? Like, who? Ooh, who I think. Okay, so let me pitch you a couple names mm-hmm. of the young guy you think that could. That if you are the fan or the GM, that you are saying like, okay, our 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 goal is to build around this guy. This mm-hmm. this is our best chance. So we got Derek Favors, Rodney Hood, Dante Exum, or Naz Long. <laughs> Ramon Sessions or Donovan Mitchell so you got those four Mitchell uh, Hood Exum Favors I'm very excited for any of the first three players you mentioned to, to excite me I'm, I'm happy to see them bust out if one of them gets on a roll I, I will happily jump on their bandwagon if I'm a Utah Jazz fan but I'm going into the season putting it all on, on Donovan Mitchell you know, this team has just lost their franchise player despite doing everything right. If I'm going to do a store, I'm buying a Gobert jersey, but knowing that, you know, in 2017, a non-knockdown shooting center is not capable of what you talk about being the man. Yeah. So I'm putting it all on, on Donovan Mitchell. You know, I, I've seen Derek Favors. I've seen that show. Like, God bless him. He starts scoring, picking up that scoring slack. I'm all on board as a fan. Dante Exum, if he can show me a flash, fantastic. Rodney Hood, I'm rooting for him. But I'm not... I'm not going in with the same flutter in my heart that Donovan Mitchell would give me. Yeah. That's the guy that I, I would look towards and, and put and put my chips down on. Just because, would you, say, would you say it's fair to say that the other three guys, neither of them look like they'll ever be an all-star? Yeah, it'd be. I mean, I talk about we 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 had this conversation last time. Is Jimmy Butler an all star in this packed Western Conference, especially at the wings? Um, but I mean, like in their careers. Like, in their career, yeah. At any point. I mean, Dante be. Exum is the biggest question mark, but certainly has not shown anything to, to assume so now. Rodney Hood would have to take it to several higher levels than he's been at. I mean, these are serviceable, good players. These these are maybe potentially above average at their spot players. But Donovan Mitchell's the one who. Um, just, you know, buy into that summer league hype. Yeah. You know, get that early Mitchell jersey, Utah fans. Get excited about the young man playing there. Your team's still going to be competitive. They're still going to fight. I don't think they're going to win 50% of their games, though. Yeah, absolutely. Which was fun, man. That was great. It's, it's we, did be... it. we just banged out about three hours worth of Western Conference over-under podcast. That's, that's six hours combined. Yeah, but... that's, a lot, that's, a lot, that's a lot of over-unders to listen to. Uh, we appreciate you guys being here with us. Please... Play along with us. Let us know what your season over-unders were. Let us know as we go through the season how your how your picks are shaping up, what teams you like the over-unders on, which teams were your locks, your, your three confidence levels, which ones were you unsure about. Any feedback, we love it. We're at Dunk You Very Much on Twitter. Yep. Dunk You Very Much on Facebook. Dunk You Very Much Pod at gmail.com. That is Dunk You Very Much Pod, P-O-D, one word, at gmail.com. Yeah. And this has been this is a wrap on it. Yeah, yeah and a lot of uh, podcasts they do like uh, preseason predictions, over unders, but they never go back to them. We are going to go back to these. We'll probably do a mid season one, yeah. and we'll of course do the the end of the season, the punishment reward one. But I think uh, yeah, play along with us at home. We we'll follow it. I think we'll do a mid season one. Try to find some projections based on their win totals. You know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Wins 
times two, whatever. It's some fancy math, but we might is. be able to hack it out. Yeah, that's, that's good stuff. Uh, no. And then give a report like, hey, I mean, I'm, I'm plus seven or I'm minus 16 or whatever. I can't wait for the overconfident uh, midseason projections <laughs> that yeah. we get through. Uh, this has been a ton of fun. Hope you guys have enjoyed listening to these last six podcasts. This has been our NBA over-unders. Thank you guys very much. We are Dunky very much. And we're coming about you next time. We have NBA futures to talk about. We have division Gambling. previews to talk about. We've got the night before Christmas NBA pod coming at you with some trivia yeah. for you guys. We know you guys love that trivia. Uh, this has been Dunky very much. Thank you guys so much. And we'll catch you guys next time. Yeah.